Good morning, Life Church. I hope you're having a great morning. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And I want you to know that I am thankful for you. I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for our church family. During a pandemic, we even have things to be thankful about, especially when it comes to what God is doing in our lives through his faith, through his hope. And so I pray you're blessed, and I hope you have found many things to be thankful for for this holiday. I want to conclude our series today on Better Together. We have had an amazing four weeks together. This has been a really great month for our church share a few things with you that you can celebrate with us as a church because we've seen God do some amazing things. The first thing I want to tell you is that we have had in our in-person services 29 first-time guests come to church. That's really incredible in this season. 29 first-time guests have turned in cards and that means that there have been more people than that. Those are just the people that turned in the cards, so they represent families. That's amazing. Let me tell you another exciting statistic that has happened only in the last four weeks during this series. We've had five people make first-time decisions to follow Christ, five salvations. That's incredible. I hope you're at home right now clapping away and celebrating that. That is great. Actually, during our services, we've had over 25 people raise their hand to indicate they want to make a decision for Christ. Five of those took the next step, filled out a card, and let us know. That's so great. We've also had 14 people baptized at our baptism service. Incredible. I'm so proud of each one of those people that made a public declaration of their faith. That's 14 people. We've also had 172 prayer requests come in in the last four weeks. Now, that's a lot of prayer requests. What that says to me, though, is people are responding to God in faith about their situations. And so I'm just really proud of every person that continues to turn those prayer requests in so that we can partner with you. But it's your faith. It's you stepping out. We're so proud of you, and we'll continue to pray with you. Another statistic that seems kind of interesting, we've had 13 people make first-time decisions to give to our church. 13 first-time givers. Why is that important? Because giving is another step of faith. It's people offering their gift to God at our church, and I think that's pretty remarkable. It's been an amazing, amazing four weeks at our church, and I think that's worth celebrating, so I hope you're at home, you're clapping with us. I just think that's awesome. We're going to conclude our series today with a year-end offering to bless our city. Each year at Life Church, we have used a year in offering to help supply resources for special projects. And this year, we're going to use these resources to bless our city. We call this special offering that we're having today, we call it Heart for the City, because we want to see more people in our city come to know Jesus Christ. We want to see people in our city who are hurting helped. We want to use the resources that God has given our church to be a significant blessing in our city in so many ways. Last year, we took up a Heart for the City offering, and it was a huge success. We were able to bless 15 organizations. Let me read these organizations off to you. And how do we bless them, by the way? We were able to give each of them a $1,000 check to bless their ministries right in the middle of the pandemic. It was a huge blessing to each of these ministries. But we helped Vigilant Hope. We helped First Fruit Ministries. 
514 Revolution. We helped Nourish NC. We helped Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We helped Journey to Heal Ministries. We helped Carolina Christian Radio. We helped the Lifeline Pregnancy Center. We helped Rise Up Community. We helped Canines for Service. We helped Open Gate Domestic Center. We helped the First Tee. We helped Strut for Kids. We helped A Safe Place. And we helped Region Church, which is a church plant from Leslie and Hannah McMillan in Providence, Rhode Island. And we were able to bless all of these ministries because of the generous gift that we made last year. And so when we roll into this year, I'm excited to be able to collect these offerings and use them to bless our city. We will have three focuses this year in our heart for the city. We're going to use the money to support local Christian organizations, just like we did last year. Those ministries that help serve the poor, that help serve the hungry and the homeless in our city, we want to continue to help them. We want to support our Saturday City Serve projects for 2021. If you've been a part of us for the last few months, you know that Travis and Michelle McCracken have been leading us in our City Serve projects once a month. And we want to be able to fund these projects and fund this outreach that we do every month all through 2021. This offering that we take up today will help fuel the resources for that. And lastly, we will take these resources and we'll use them for any of our evangelistic outreach projects in 2021. So this is an important offering for us. It really provides resources for us to be able to do so many things in our city. I cannot wait to be able to share with you how much we've raised and what we're going to be able to do for next year. I have a goal this year, and our goal is not a financial goal. My goal this year is a 100% participation goal. My desire is that every person would participate in this offering. I want everyone that calls this their church family to participate. We are better together, and I want all of us to be together in this offering so that when we do these projects in our city, you have played a part in it. And so I'm, I'm not going to dictate like how much I hope our church raises. We're just going to believe that if all of us participate, Whatever resources we collect will be what God wants us to use for 2021. So I'm inviting you to participate 100% participation this year. That's my goal. So that's what's going to happen. We're going to take up that offering at the end of my message today. And so I want to jump into my message so that we can prepare for the offering. And my message title today, The Ministry of Giving, The Ministry of Giving, I plan on preaching from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to go through verses 1 through 13 because the Apostle Paul says that giving is a ministry. He is writing a letter for the people that are in Jerusalem who are in poverty. There's plenty of people in poverty in Jerusalem, and he's writing this letter to the church in Corinth, and he's reminding them about an offering that they're taking up to send to them to help them. And so Paul says this in verse 1. He says, I really don't need to write to you about the ministry of giving. He's like, I don't need to, but he's reminding them. I think sometimes when it comes to our giving, we need reminders. Maybe not necessarily just to give, but the heart behind it, so that we understand that giving is a ministry. 
And so Paul said, I really don't need to remind you about the ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. But he said, because I know you're eager to help. Now, Paul identified their giving as ministry. I really like that. I like it because it's ministry. Giving is not like paying a bill. Like, we all have bills to pay, and I get no joy out of making a power bill payment. Now, I really like it when my power's on, don't get me wrong, but I don't get joy out of that. That's not something that is, is holy or sacred. That's not something special. Giving is ministry because it's sacred, because it's sanctified. Giving is ministry because it's special to the Lord. Giving is, is where we set aside money to give to God. And when we give our offerings to the church, it is, it is more than just paying a bill. Like we like to get our bills paid. Giving our offerings to the church is more than just giving money to the church for administrative purposes. What we're actually doing is giving unto the Lord. It's, it's to God. And so I want to encourage you when you think about your tithes and offerings to the church. I don't want you to say, well, I have to pay my tithes and offerings. I have to pay my tithes and offerings. I don't want you to pay your tithes and offerings because there's nothing sanctified. There's nothing holy about paying a power bill. But there is something sanctified and holy about giving a gift to God I think we should say it more like this. I think we ought to say something like, I get to offer my gift to the Lord as worship. Then it's holy. Our offering ought to be holy to God. And we ought to have an attitude that it's holy, that it's special. And we want to, to give our offering to God. And so if you're taking notes, I would say like this, giving is holy. It's special. And we should treat the act of giving as worship to the Lord. I think sometimes with technology, with giving online, I give online and we encourage you to give through our app and, and most of the people give in a technology way today. I think it's easy to kind of get a little disconnect from my offering being worshipful. And I just want to remind you today that as you're giving to the Lord, whether it's online or through an app, it is holy to God. He sees that as precious. He sees that as something that, that is, you know, set aside for him. Giving is holy. And I just want to remind you that all of your giving to God, it's a holy act. It's a place of worship for us. So Paul then reminded the church after he talked to them about their giving being holy, he reminded them about their commitment to give. Now, I mentioned a minute ago that he had to remind this early church about the offering that was to come. And so he says in verse 5, he says, I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me. Now, what's he talking about? So Paul is, is in, in Jerusalem, and he's sending these brothers, his co-workers in the ministry, to Corinth, to remind them about their commitment to give. And he said, so I thought I should send these brothers ahead of uh, me to make sure the gift that you promised is ready. We know the church was eager to give. We, we know that. We see that about them. But were they prepared? Were they ready 
to give? Were they committed to this gift that they had promised they would give? I saw this verse in Isaiah, and I think it's appropriate to kind of plug it in right here in this message. And I like what Isaiah chapter 32, 8 says. It says, generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Let me read it again because it's so great. Generous people plan to do what's what's generous, and then they stand firm in their generosity. So in other words, they, they plan to give. It's in their heart to give, and then they stand firm. In other words, they're committed to it. They're like, this is what we do. This is who we are. We plan it, and we're committed to it. So here's what I'm saying for you and I today, for us in our church, in our situation. I believe that we should plan into our weekly and monthly budgets to give. I think if we don't plan to give, then things will get in the way and we'll miss it. Well, you know, if we wait to the end of the month just to see how much money we have left over and then we plan on giving that, listen, it never works out well. We should never give God our leftovers. Now, we just had Thanksgiving. Now, I like Thanksgiving leftovers a lot. I know you do too. We all love it. Uh, My favorite, I don't know what your favorite. Let's just sidebar for a minute. Let me jump into Thanksgiving for just a second because my favorite thing to do after the, the Thanksgiving meal is a couple hours later, go get the turkey, get some mayonnaise, and get some bread, and uh, get some dressing on. I don't know why the leftovers seem better. Do you feel the same way? Uh, if you feel the same way, maybe you can give me a shout out online, but I love the leftovers. It is great for Thanksgiving, but leftovers are not good in our giving because you'll never have much leftover. We just have a tendency to spend it all, and we need to be like Isaiah 32.8, where we plan be generous. We work it into our budget, and then we're committed to it. We stand firm on it. Listen, generous, tithing, giving people, they see giving as a ministry. They see it as unto the Lord, and and we don't wait to give. We plan to give. Every time we're paid, we already have made a decision. We've already made a commitment that we're going to give. Listen, you don't want to wait until you've earned some money and then make a decision to give. The time to decide whether or not you're going to give is now. It's in our heart. We want, to, we want to say that's who we are. We are the kind of people that are generous. We're generous. The Bible says generous people, they plan ahead. They just decide now. And maybe that's for you. That's for me. I'm just making a decision right now. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to tithe with what God has given me. I'm going to be generous. Hey, if you take a note, you can write this down, that generous people plan their giving and they are committed to giving their tithes and offerings. Are you with me, church? Are you, are you following? Are you keeping up with that? I know you are. Sometimes when we talk about giving, it seems a little uh, maybe uh, touchy or sensitive, but I believe that God wants us to, to make that commitment to, to follow through and to give. And so Paul then continues his discussion with his church. After he talked about their commitment, he wanted to talk to them about the amount that they gave. And so in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Paul makes a simple illustration. And he says, remember this. And so he's using this illustration. He said, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. 
but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. It's a real simple concept. The quantity of your seeds determines the quantity of your harvest. You've probably heard the saying of what you sow is what you reap. And it's true. It would be silly if a farmer had 10 acres of land and he plowed it, prepared it. He had it completely ready. And he went out to his 10 acres and he planted two kernels of corn over 10 acres. And then if he came back in harvest season and looked out and if he was like, well, man, I only have two stalks. Why did that happen? Well, that'd be silly. He's looking for an abundant harvest. You have to sow a lot of seeds. And that's what Paul is teaching us, that as we sow, there is a great harvest. So obviously, the Bible is encouraging us here to not be stingy, to not be greedy in our giving, because God wants to reap a large harvest of souls for the kingdom of God. And this brings us back to the thought, the idea that giving is a ministry because God uses our tithes and offerings to change lives. And that's what it's all about. We're here to change lives. We listed the the amazing things that God has been doing in the last four weeks. And I believe that God wants to continue to change lives. We had five people take the next step in filling out a card to let us know they gave their life to Christ. 14 people baptized. Like, that is amazing. God's not finished. He wants to do more. This brings us to this thought. How big of an impact do we want to make in our city? Like, how much do we want to do in our city? How can we um, introduce more people to Christ in our church services? Like, how big, how much, how large of an impact can we make? How many people do we want to baptize? Like, I, I want a large harvest. And so Paul was teaching us, and he's teaching that church in Corinth, that, that seeds sown result in a large harvest. Now, listen, I know all of us, of course, would answer the question about how many people do we want to see saved and how many people do we want to see come into the kingdom of God. We'd all say more, 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 of course. Absolutely, our hearts are all there. So all this does is just changes our attitude today, church, from how little can I give to how much can I give? What is right for me? What is right for my family? I want to be part of a generous church. I want to be, and and I am part of a generous church, by the way, but I want for me to be generous. And I want to consider how can I be more generous? Because here's the point. Giving to God reaps a harvest of souls. And that's what we're all about. That's why giving is a ministry, because it changes lives. Fortunately, God isn't asking for all of your money. He's not asking for all of my money. He asks for a percentage The Bible says he asked for a tithe, which represents 10% of our income. I just think that it's simple enough to say God wants a portion or a percentage of what we earn at the give back to God as an offering, and God will use it for his kingdom. And so God wants us to commit to it, and then he wants us to pray about how much can we give to the kingdom of God. In verse 7, Paul says this. He said, you must decide in your heart, how much to give. You must, each of you decide in your heart, how much to give. 
And Paul says, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Paul is being very careful to teach us that giving is not part of the Old Testament law. Under the Old Testament, you were uh, dictated by God through the law to give. And the Bible taught us that if the, in the Old Testament, if they did not give, they would be cursed. I want you to know that we are New Testament believers and all of the curse has been broken. I want to promise you this, that if you do not give a penny to God, God is not going to curse your life. God is not going to make your car break down. Listen, you don't ever have to worry that God is bringing something bad into your life. But I do believe that God wants to bless your life. And we want to be generous with our giving and so Paul is saying that our giving is something we do from our heart. It's a place of, of worship. And we don't give it out of response to pressure, but we give joyfully. We give cheerfully to God. Giving ought to be a cheerful moment because you've decided this is what I want to do to honor God with what God has given me. And then out of this generosity, God makes us a beautiful promise. In verse 8, he says, God will generously provide all you need. That's good news. God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. When we are generous, then God will provide. When we are generous, then God will bless us with an abundance to be able to give to others. God blesses us when we generously give our tithes and offerings. God blesses us. Now, let me clarify our first priority is to give to God for his kingdom. That's our highest priority. But I don't want us to miss the fact that our generous giving blesses our life. God wants to bless our life. I want a blessed life. I want my life blessed. I want my spiritual life blessed. I, I want my family blessed. I, I want our church to be blessed. I want my health to be blessed. But I also want my material possessions to be blessed. I want God to bless everything I have. I want all the blessings of God. And this verse teaches us that when we generously provide, God will generously provide for us. I want to be in a perpetual season of God's blessings. I want to always be sowing into the kingdom of God so that there's always a reaping of blessings. I don't want there to be a gap in my giving. And so for me, I want to give every month so that every month I've sown so that there's a reaping process of God's blessings. And so I want to be in a perpetual place of receiving. So I want to be in a perpetual place of giving. Paul confirms this in 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11. God says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. He says, then in the same way, looks what he'll do. He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Then he says in verse 11, he says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be, always be generous. Listen, God says he will provide, he will bring resources, and he will enrich you. I believe God wants to bless your life. And that's good news. But I want us to remember why God wants to bless us, why God wants to enrich our life, besides the fact that he just loves you and he wants to bless you. But why is God blessing us? And the principle is simple. We are blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. 
Paul said that you are enriched so that he can, so that through you, you can be generous. You are enriched so that you can always be generous. We don't give to get. I don't think the Bible would ever teach a principle that causes me to want to be greedy. I don't think the Bible would ever teach a principle about me getting. I don't think that's the principle that he's trying to get at. I don't think he wants us to be selfish, and I don't think we should ever you know, approach God with like, I want to give you, give you, so you'll give me back. There's principles here that apply, but we don't give to get. We, we give so that when God blesses us, then we can bless more. And there's a process of us giving and God giving to us. And that process just puts us in a perpetual motion of always blessing the kingdom. And what does God do? He uses all of those resources to grow his kingdom. He uses it to make a difference in our city, in our church. I love it. We should be generous, not for our own benefit, but so that we can see the kingdom of God grow. So Paul says this as he concludes this section of Scripture to the church in Corinth. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12 and 13, he says, so two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Two good things. He says the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. That's awesome. And he says they will joyfully express their thanks to God, so they're going to be so grateful for the gift he says, as a result of your ministry, he says, they will give glory to God. He says, for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. There are two things that come out of our ministry of giving. One is, is my giving helps the kingdom grow. It says that they're going to be thankful because the needs of the believers in Jerusalem were met. And so there's joy that comes out of that. So my giving helps grow the kingdom. But the second thing it says is that my giving proves my obedience to God's word. Paul said all the believers, when they give, it proves that we are obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. My giving proves my obedience to God's word. It proves that I trust God. My giving says, God, I'm giving back to you because I honor you, I love you, I trust you. And it proves what we, what we really believe about God. How many of you are like me and you really want to be part of helping the kingdom grow? And how many of you are like me and you really just want to be obedient to God? Like I, I want that to be part of what I'm known for is I'm someone that's just obedient to God. I just, I serve him. I'm humble before him. And whatever he has given me, I humbly give back. And that's what Paul is teaching us to have that kind of attitude. And this is what happens through the ministry of giving. It's a great section of text, and Paul is encouraging us to be generous, to see giving as a ministry. And so as I conclude this part of my message today, I have three things that I'd like you to consider your role. I'd like you to consider one of these three things. From the word that we just learned today, number one, if you're not currently giving to Life Church, would you begin now? Maybe you're new to our church. Maybe you've been here a long time and this is like brand new information for you. And I want to encourage you that, that you, you can step into giving. I'm not telling you you have to give full 10%, but start somewhere. 
If you can give $5, start giving $5. I want to encourage you to get seed in the ground. Begin to sow. So wherever you may be, whatever stage you are in your financial picture, I want to encourage you to start giving. So if you've never been a giver at Life Church, let this be a good season to start. And number two, if you're not currently and consistently giving each month to Life Church, would you begin that now? Like, would you consider being consistent, a monthly gift or a weekly gift or however often you are paid? Consistency. I think it's important that as sowers, we sow consistently so that we have a consistent harvest in the kingdom of God. Would you consider being consistent? And number three, if you are currently and consistently giving to Life Church, would you ask the Lord about the amount that he wants you to give? What is God saying to you about how much to give? Would you prayerfully consider that and give what God has put in your heart to give? Then it will be an act of worship. It'll be beautiful. It'll be holy before the Lord. I believe that the ministry of giving is sacred. I believe the ministry of giving is special. It's holy to the Lord. And I believe he'll use it to grow the kingdom of God. And I believe he'll use our church as a place to, to be a, a, a seedbed for your, your gift to be given. And God will bring a harvest of souls in our region. And so I want to encourage you, would you consider one of those three things and join us as we make a difference in our city. And today I want to conclude this series I'm excited about this Heart for the City offering. Now, this is an offering that is above and beyond our, our normal giving. So you give your tithes and your offerings, but this is a special offering that goes above that. This is a special offering that we take up every year, and these resources help us as a church love and serve the people in our city. And so I'm excited about this today. Uh, I'm asking you to join Harriet and I in our giving we have already made an offering. We wanted to lead. I've already, I've already gone online and I've given my gift and I'm excited to be a part of this. I'm excited about what God's gonna do in 2021 through our church. I'm excited about getting more seed in the ground. I'm excited about all of that. I love it. I'm so glad that I've already given before I preach because I have a sense of like, this is awesome and it'll be awesome for you too. I hope you get excited as I get about making a difference in our city. And so I'm, I want you to participate. As I mentioned at the beginning of my sermon today, that my goal, our goal as a church, is for 100% participation this year. We are better together, and we can do more when we give together. God will take our gift, and he can use it in our city in such a great way. Next week, I'll give you a report. We'll, we'll share with you what we have given and we'll share with you. I hope I get to tell you that several hundred people participated in the Heart for the City offering. And so what I want to do is give us a moment in this service right now to give. If you were here in person, we would pause. In the past, we've had offering buckets at the front of our stage and we've come up and put our offering in the buckets and we've created unique ways to make it special. Obviously, at home, and it's a little tougher to create that moment. So what we're going to do is give you some instructions on how you can give online. And in just a moment, those will be on the screen. And then we're going to take 60 seconds right in the middle of this service and pause 
and allow you an opportunity to give to the Heart for the City offering. You can give online or you can give on our app. Each of them have a drop-down menu and you can select Heart for the City and you can give your offering. All right, that's exciting. I'm so excited. I can't wait to share with us next week our offering. I can't wait to celebrate it. I know God's going to use this in such a great way. I'm looking forward to the kingdom of God growing. I'm looking forward to more people being saved. I'm looking forward to more baptisms. I'm looking forward to blessing more ministries in our city. When we come together, man, we're better together, and God's going to use what we do together in a powerful way. So church, I love you. I'm grateful for you. Thanks for tuning in today. Wherever you are, would you pause for just this moment? I just want to bless you and pray for you as we close out today. So Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that your word has taught us about generosity and that our giving is a ministry, God, and that we are, we are we're giving because it's holy, God. It's special, Lord. And I pray that every person that gave today for this special offering, God, that that you would, you would count that as holy, that you would count it as sacred. And God, that you would use it to, to make a difference in our city, Lord. Lord, we, we sow, and we sow by faith, believing that lives will be changed, Father. We thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that as we have sown, that your promise to us is that you'll bless us so that we can be a blessing. Oh, I love it, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you that that you have blessed me in a way that I get to give as well. I'm excited about giving. It's so great. So Father, we love you. I pray for every person that, that makes a first-time decision to give to our church. I pray for those who decide to give consistently to our church over the next year. I pray for those who are praying about how much to give, God. Lord, that you'd speak to them, that you would bless them. So Father, thank you so much. You're an amazing God. We love you. We're honored to be your sons and daughters. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.